I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Songs Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of My Song Suck. I'm Alex Smith. I'm James Keogh. And we are joined by a very special guest in the studio today. We've got Brad McCaw. Say hello. Greetings, one and all. Hello. Yeah. We, you're a sizable guest, once again. Um, you've <laughs> Do you? What does that mean? I'm large? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm well, a large man. Just insult our guest <laughs> on the masculine, wow. thank oh, you. No. <laughs> I'm, I quit. I'm fired. Um, you, well, that was a good episode. See you, lads. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, you've toured the world with the Ten Tenors. You've produced and orchestrated three musical theatre recordings. You performed in lead roles with New Musicals Australia, Opera Queensland, Queensland Theatre Company, and Underground Opera Company, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. And um, you've, you've had a bunch of shows on cruises as well yep. that you've made. It's lots of A long list of very cool things that you've done. Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate, I think, that I've just been working now professionally for kind of what, since I left high school. And so I've just kept diverse. And I was just mm. talking about this with someone just the other day, actually, that if you... If you're fortunate enough to not do another job, which sometimes can be good and sometimes be bad, but in my case, you just have to just do lots and lots of stuff to just find a way to get paid. Mm. So that's really why my CV is so wear- varied, wearied. <laughs> <laughs> so my face is so wearied. <laughs> that's the dream though, right? You've, yeah. you've, you've done it. You've s- yeah, I think it is and it isn't too, because in some regard, it's you diversify beyond what your original passion was. Mm. So right. I didn't. So I didn't ever see myself, you know, the show that I do is called Fastest Piano in the West and it's, you know, it's a headline show and it's pretty great. I travel the world and, you know, it's a big band and, and all sorts of stuff. But mm. um, sometimes that's not what I would want to be doing or would rather be doing and I, I'm certainly grateful for it. But, you know, yeah. in other times I've, you know, been a hired gun in lots of bands and still still do that sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, all of us just got to pay our rent, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And one section of your uh, storied history is uh, the band called Friends of Hers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I laugh because we're still waiting for those awards to come oh, in. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any day now. Any day. Yeah. Friends um, of Hers. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Go on. Well, Friends of Hers was a band uh, that I formed with Dave Bell, Steel Chabot. Dave, Dave Bell, actually. And they're actually quite uh, prominent musicians in the Queensland Australian scene. Dave Bell plays... Uh, well, Steel Steel Chabot plays with Chukule and he played with MKO Sun and now with the Resin Dogs. He's bass, a bass player. Um, Kingfisher, Dave Bell plays drums for Kingfisher and Brad Parker was the guitarist and I don't know what he's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I went on to sort of work more in musical theatre and that's kind of what I, mm. I, I write for mostly these days. True, true. Because um, uh, Friends of Hers is the band that you were in when you wrote the song that you've brought to us today. That's which, it. Yeah, that's right. dig. Um, and how long had you been playing at the time of this recording? Because you guys sound very skilled and good. Yeah, I think, 
Look, I tried to. I know what the show is about. <laughs> I really did try and find some crap, mm. uh, but I've deleted it all. So I mean, I'm still not. I'm not proud of this, but I know that there's some great qualities about it, and I know that you know it's recorded well, and you know mm. it's it's a song, and it stands up as a song, but it's still pretty average. Well, that's I think. You know? <laughs> well, it's all about the the perspective because a lot of the times we have people bring on songs that we think are really good, but then the guest is like, "No, nah, it's real bad for these reasons." So it's always yeah. interesting to see why you feel like it's Yeah, not. it's like, look away, don't look at my baby photo. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. My shirt's not on, I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we, should we jump into in, it? Yeah. Is there anything you want us to know before we listen to it? Mm. Uh, no, I don't know if there is anything. Look, I think it'd be better for you listening now to just hear it blindly and we can talk about it after. <laughs> that would probably be more fun. Fair sure thing. All right, well, let's listen to Dig. The prodigal son returns We'll never ever learn Where's it gonna be a turn? Start up fighting bars Playing all your really guitars You'll never gonna get that far
And that was Dig. Yeah. <laughs> How you feel? How you feel? <laughs> I feel like I've been violated. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's really interesting to listen to it. Now, uh, there's so much. Uh, look, I think everyone else on the track was great except for me. <laughs> I think the drumming was great by Dave. I think Steele's bass part's pretty, pretty awesome. I think everyone loves the groove predominantly, but uh, I think the story... Leaves a lot to be desired, gentlemen. <laughs> what is what is the story of this song? Well, I wrote it, so I'd just seen the film Dig, uh-huh. uh, which was about, I think it was Brian Jonestown Massacre and Andy Warhol or the band, oh, the Dandy Warhols. The Dandy Warhols, Dandy yeah. Warhols And right. the kind of the, it's been so long since I've seen it, but like their feud between the two. And I guess it was why the Dandy Warhols were successful and then why... Jonestown Massacre wasn't and I think Ooh. it was because they were just from memory and this is just me talking at the top of my head that yeah. it was a bit of a disaster you know it was they got pulled over in Georgia and then the cop said do you have drugs in the car which was the form of the chorus pulled over in <laughs> Georgia love is where luck is where the war holes are so I think the film was ah, trying to say right. that one was, was yeah see yeah. when you really slow it down and make that vo- that melody audible mm. it's really quite <laughs> good and I think the other thing that I'm really sensitive about was just my vocal take so that was me singing on it and at the time was just in this cross like theatrical kind of rock thing I remember one reviewer said uh a welcome piece of artifice to the world of rock and roll. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of like this crazy backhanded compliment. It's kind of like, no, just give it a shot. It's kind of impressive when he squeal, squeals and screams a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, they referenced Freddie Mercury in it, which I was kind of, at the time I was like, wow, that's a really yeah, cool thrill. A, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I just had no idea of story, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is not a, a bad thing or anything to be, really embarrassed about it, even though I cringe a little bit but um, yeah that's me unpacking it like a <laughs> therapy session yeah is, does really everyone have that kind apart. of effect when they hear these songs do you think yeah a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's always you kind of placating the, the artist a little bit it's not that bad it's half podcast half therapy session <laughs> yeah, where we're just like yeah. you know yeah don't talking us, through don't get us wrong if it's bad and they're like it's bad we'll be like yes this is <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right rubbish. let's talk about that <laughs> It's more just how how bad are we allowed to say it is? Yeah, Usually, yeah. Oh, you can like, go to town on it. You know, <laughs> I've already recognized the quality of the other lads. So I mean, that's that's you know. I actually I really like this. I the the very thing that you mentioned the kind of the musical theater in the rock setting. That's mm. my whole entire jam. I really <laughs> like that. Yeah, right. And the the really jazzy bridge bit. Oh yeah. I think that if you were just like playing Kino at the pub and <laughs> this band started doing that, you'd be like, what is this? But I think <laughs> if you liked the band and you, you were there, you'd be like, yes. Cause I really, really love that bit where it's like, da, 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 da. Yeah. that's real cool. It's yeah. Great. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Versatile. It's nice. Mm. It's good. And you were on the piano as well. For yeah. I well. played piano on that. Yeah. Piano was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, really, I really thought it was great. Yeah. I remember that being one of the tracks. So we did a EP. Yeah, and uh, yeah. we did it over a couple of days. Or I think it was only one day, probably. And I remember thinking when I played those licks, oh wow, I've played something that I'd be happy for people to listen to. Right. Something that kind of happened in the moment and was we captured and we caught this beautiful line or what I thought was a line. Mm. You know, the do 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 those things. I was like, oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So I do remember that. And listening back, I was kind of thinking in my head when I wrote that sort of you know going back and high fiving everyone like, <laughs> yeah, oh my god, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you mentioned um, that it didn't have much story, whereas I feel that 
like because it's a it's a rock song, and I yeah. think that because you you seem to have a very strong musical theatre um, background, yeah. Um, I think that definitely it doesn't have as much story as a musical theatre song, but I think it has more story than the average rock song. Some like sometimes sure, I just yeah. feel like oh, I feel good, yeah. I kind of <laughs> I think it definitely could use more, but like there's like story there, you know. Yeah, but I, I think this is the thing. It's like it's got a story, but the story isn't communicated, and no one else is in on the story except <laughs> right. for the person that saw the <laughs> film. Like that's to me, true. that's the biggest problem with what with my writing until even only the last year. If I'm really honest, I feel like that I just didn't, there was a few key things that I didn't really, couldn't grasp. And I mean, it's it's different when you're talking about writing musical theatre, which is what I do predominantly now. Mm. You know, I've, I've written for all different genres and, you know, we'll do all sorts of different things. But primarily, you know, I tell bigger, large stories with larger concepts in which you have to fulfil, you know, longer arcs than just as you said I feel good (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty incredible and I think like the simplicity of something to make something to be able to communicate something with simplicity is really what we're all trying to do I think when we're trying to write a song we're trying Mm. to get that across and let people have an experience because it's hard to do that in a really simple way and the simpler it is the more universal it is Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was complicated dribble in my opinion <laughs> in reference to dig but yeah but that's that's fine too because you know got to start somewhere I, w- I will say when you because you mentioned it's like oh i was inspired this by this movie yeah. and i checked out the trailer uh that did like a lot of it made like a lot more sense i was like oh, oh <laughs> exactly. of course, of course. yeah maybe it's yeah. like a compliment maybe it's like a bonus track like <laughs> yeah. when you watch a film you get to listen to this song you go yeah that's exactly what it was like and it mm. probably was it was like at the end of the film i went i'm writing a song about this i'm bob dylan i've been inspired by something and i'm gonna write this thing like mm. and then uh and so i just yeah obviously spat out what happened with the film (laughs) here's the plot of the film yeah here's the plot with no context but but that's interesting because i wonder how much of you know knowing what is going on in this song contributes to how much someone like you know the everyday listener might not know what's going on in here but might still enjoy it like yeah because i you know listening to this even though i had no idea what you know the luck is where the warhols are what that meant or anything Mm. i Mm. can still appreciate sort of it being a good song i wonder like how much intrinsically a person has to understand what's happening in a song to like enjoy it musically, you know, musically specifically. Yeah. I, or like, you know, cause I mean, I think it comes down to then what we're kind of, why we're doing what we're doing. Like mm. as a writer, what your end game is or what kind of experience you want people to have, or you're hoping people have. Cause I think you're right. That's it. Because if you want to write something that like people internalize a certain way, like this mm. is super wanky what I'm about to say, but like if you want someone to kind of, listen to a song and kind of get, you know, there's some songs that I don't get at all and I'll listen and I'll kind of have a really like a cerebral experience or I'll mm. feel a certain way about it and I'll go, that was cool. And how I feel about the song is like the most important thing. Yes, and I yeah. stay present in that all the time. This is super, super analytical and wanky. <laughs> and then oh, sometimes great. like a song slips in and it sneaks you in and it takes you to another place. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. I did not expect to go back to when I was five thinking about that mm. that girl, that person that kind of I saw across the room and what the hell, how did that happen? You know, I think it depends because some people really want to write that first and the second one's a bit schmaltzy and a bit wanky for them, you know. So yeah. I think it's me, I'm always just, I'm, I just know that I'm all about uber relatability. That's something I'm really passionate about and mm. it's 
become a, a big point of what I feel my kind of thing is and I'm really passionate about it. So I think you're right. Mm. Um, but for me, it means it's, I've been unsuccessful because sure. it's not what I'm trying to do, you know? Trying to communicate a story, trying to tell... A, a I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or try and fool someone into having a feeling. Right, <laughs> yeah. Like, or, 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 no, that's probably a bit harsh. That's a bit silly to put it like that. But, yeah, I think I probably... That's the thing. Um, what what context did you write this for people to listen to it? Because I know some songs are like, oh, this is put in the background and dance or like this is musical theatre. We sit down and pay attention or mm. like, you know, we set a vibe. You know, like how, how yeah. did you intend this song to be listened to? I don't think I had any concept of that then. Mm. Like I think I've really had to kind of think about that. The more, like I think as a writer, we have to like go into ourselves and then you come out the other side and you've really got to get to a point where you've really got to look back at what you've done and then what you're doing and the song and sort of go, okay, this is missing something and I need to work out what that is to make this the best song it can be. Mm. And sometime, so I think, so it was a question I just got lost in my own <laughs> imagery. Think, uh, <laughs> just sort of the context in which you imagine people yeah, listening I don't to songs. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Sorry, I, didn't, I don't think I really had any concept of that because I was just yeah. writing what felt good to me mm-hmm. and I, I came from a background where I'd never really... You know, I listen to a lot of Whitlam. So, you know, Tim Friedman is like uber, uh, just the beautiful turn of phrase and nothing really lands in terms of a story, but it's lots of imagery that you piece together and you sort of go away with this beautiful wash of kind of what I felt about something, but no one really knows exactly what happens. You know, there's a a letter on a cassette, you know, you know, we don't write anymore, better make it up quickly. There's people asleep on the second floor. Like when you think it out, you see it. But then he goes the hook. There's no aphrodisiac like loneliness. Truth, beauty, picture of you. <laughs> I guess I'm filling in all those blanks. Yeah, and because all these songs are like that, um, and that was my biggest influence. I didn't have half his command of language. <laughs> I didn't have a fraction of it. So I just wrote all these things that didn't really make sense, mm. but didn't give enough to kind of let you in. Yeah, this is how I think about it. So a little trail of breadcrumbs. There was like, no oh, breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was. Yeah, it was just a piece of bread. <laughs> um, so, but that's so I didn't have any. To answer your question a long way, I didn't have any context of what I was trying to do, mm. uh, and I think I was just kind of pleasing myself. Which you're right, can be a lot of fun for people to just to listen to a thing, mm. like looking at a flower, isn't it? You don't right. think too hard about it. You just go, it's a nice flower. But um, but I think now, if you want something to really work, you got to kind of look at the structure and look at the walls that's holding up the roof, and you right. got to make sure that the window's in the right place, and you got to make sure that the front door where we come in is, you know, at the front of the house. Mm. I think all that's really kind of yeah. the best way I think about writing now. You have a the vocal delivery has a lot of character in it. Was that the character that you had as the the, the singer of this band, or was that? this song I, I look I, I don't know <laughs> I was super embarrassed by it oh, no. I like it I seen you too like I wanted to play that other one because I think I thought I was more genuine I don't know uh, oh god how how much of therapy is this uh, I think I was trying to be a rock star mm-hmm. but I think I'll never end ever be I'll always just be a musical theatre kind of cabaret guy right so I think I was trying to be rock and just kind of that's it just fell into this kind of pseudo sound so yeah yeah you know i didn't realize at the time then looking back it's like wow that's a really bold choice <laughs> it's a really really confident bold sound you know i mean uh, you sold it to me i was having a good time yeah. <laughs> i was like you gotta do it without all your guitars guitars boy, boy. Oh, that was yeah that was very good <laughs> that was great <laughs> and that's the thing is like you could tell you were going for a style and you were yeah. kind of putting 
you know, you weren't just sort of singing that, you were putting a lot of oomph into <laughs> yeah, it, which, know. you know, may, we may be able to look back and, you know, sort of have it be a bit cringy, but, like, the, you can tell you're putting your heart into that yeah, at I'm, the very least. I mean, I'm not short on enthusiasm. Right. You know, I think <laughs> my thing has always been, let's just get a bit more genuine. Mm, For me, yeah. that's always been kind of my journey is to not to, to energy, but kind of just to be more present, I think. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. always been, so that's, it's interesting that then it's still enjoyable. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how how have you kind of tried to do that over the over the years like try to get more de- genuine with your voice has it been a conscious effort to sort of be bring more of yourself to to what you're seeing yeah i think it's the more experience we get and the more we go out and work in different ways i think you know the job asks of you to do different things and if you put yourself in different places this is for me at least like so when mm. I was you know starting doing you know covers gigs and being a hired gun and I still do that but you know you you play that and you play the song a certain way and you you got to fulfill the requirement of if I'm playing I feel good you got to give it a bit of James Brown if you can manage to sure. get in that ballpark yeah so you kind of you know learn to do that or if you know you're singing Green Day you want to sort of lean to that yeah but then once you try and sort of start to be yourself and you do your gigs, mm. you're kind of trying to reach people and I think then you're trying to go, okay, well, why aren't they connecting in? Mm. And, uh, oh, maybe I'm performing too much. Let's see if I can let them in and see me a bit more or things like that. So I, I think coming from acting first, I probably was just more of a performer sure, and less of kind of a troubadour, I think. And, yeah. and, and in my experience, I sort of found a way to try and – do less of one or the other. It's hard though because, you know, in doing a cruise show, which is all about gags and, you know, I'm yeah. a big ham. It's kind of, oh, I've always been a big joke. I just love a good joke. So love a good laugh. So mm. I don't know. <laughs> this is, I'm getting pretty deep into the, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, wow. the honesty, but that's kind of, yeah, I think it's, it has been a conscious choice to answer your question. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Alex, did you have something to say? I, think, oh, I feel like I cut you off at some point and I was like, oh, I should apologise to Alex. It's like, in my mind, I was oh, like, apologise to Alex. It's like a <laughs> note I have. And I'm like, all right, let's come back to that. Apologise to Alex. Sorry, Alex. Uh, oh, <laughs> Wait, are you, aren't you going to recognise that he just apologised oh, to you? Oh, thanks, buddy. See, this you're is OG. You're How did good. that make you feel, Alex? Like, did that make you feel oh, man, well, The therapy's I mean, being turned back on us. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't prepared for this. This uh, is not this how is this how dynamic works. I don't... Zane, turn your mic on. We're gonna yeah, we need to get a <laughs> second opinion on this. Uh, I was going to, it was a boring question. I was going to say, you said that this song wasn't indicative of the music that uh, Friends of Hers did. So what was you guys' oh, normal yeah. kind of song? Was that like? style That's a boring like. question. No, so. it's great. I don't well, know. I th- this was definitely the grooviest, I mm. think. Mm. Like we did a whole bunch of stuff, I guess, because I wrote a whole bunch of different stuff. So we played like there's a country tune. Uh, which is kind of countries, but not really country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all very theatrical anyway, because this was before I'd kind of someone, someone said to me, you should write a musical. So probably three years after this or two years, actually maybe even one year, someone said, write a musical. And that's that's the musical that's that I'm working on at the moment that opens in August. Mm. Uh, my first major production, which has been 10 years in the making, nine years in the making. Wow. Uh, and so I had no idea that I was theatrical. Mm. And then so kind of I think looking back you can see that's a country song but it's still kind of like a performance of a country song and then this one's kind of like this Radiohead kind of thing because the guitarists love Radiohead so that goes in there and mm-hmm. I guess that's what it's like when you're in a band it's kind of shades of this and that. Yeah. So I'd never really thought about it to ask a question but I don't think it was particularly anything really. It was just a whole bunch of different 
just people coming together. And I think so. Music. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know, and Dave Bell, as I said, plays drums for Kingfisher. Yeah. Like he, you know, he was really strong on what he felt we should do, and he had a lot of great ideas. So we do that, and the guitar player, obviously, at the time did did you know mm. his thing, and, and it all happened. It was a democracy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what, where we all reap the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, that yeah. One thing I want to kind of zoom in on because you mentioned someone just saying to you, hey, you should write a musical. Yeah. And then nine years, ten years later, here you are. Like, before that moment, you know, writing a musical, was that ever anything you'd no, never considered? not at all. Never considered it. Never in my life. And it's funny, around the time a few people said it to me, it was, it's really a fascinating to look back on for me yeah. and hopefully for people listening. Mm. So I was doing a gig with um, uh, Simone Pitot. She was a Brisbane artist. She's in Canada now. Uh, and... We were doing this thing at the old Troubadour, Black Black Bear Lodge. I was playing my songs and this before friends of hers. I played a song. She goes, that's so beautiful. Have you ever thought about writing a musical? I'm like, why would you say that? Like, I'm an artist. I'm a rock and roll star, you know. Uh, I loved Billy Joel. Uh, sure. So I wanted to be kind of, you know, I had that kind of, I'm a nice boy, but really I'm a rock and roller yeah. thing, you know, down pat. <laughs> so, and then someone else said it. And then someone called me up and asked me to write a show. And that was Megan Shorey and Joy Mars Creative. And, mm. and she's a Brisbane producer. And then the show went on and, and that kind of caught the bug and just kept learning how to do that. And that's been the vehicle for me to become a better writer is cool. learning how to tell stories and, and do that stuff. So yeah. it's pretty wild. That is really cool that it's like that just that moment or that, you know, series of moments in that one space of time that changed, you know, everything like. And it's become my life. Like at the yeah. time I thought I'd be doing all these major musicals and I thought that I'd, you know, I'd stay uber fit and I would do dance all the time. And I, you know, I'd be one of those guys that would try and, you know, do all the shows that go around and it just didn't end up being my life. What mm. ended up happening was me writing this musical and going, oh, this is pretty good. And then winning a couple of awards for playwriting and going, actually, maybe life's trying to say to me that this is mm. what I could be good at. And cool. I stick with it a bit longer. And then all of a sudden, I'm kind of too far to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too deep in. And I just love it so much now. Like that yeah. feeling of a new, you know, it's like when you write a song and you're sharing it with someone and at the end people clap and they love it. You go, this is the coolest thing ever. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's even more. It's the collaboration. It's, you know, playing a song for an actor the first time and, and, when I started out, I had no idea how big collaboration was a part of it. But now I'll play them a song and they'll sort of go, they'll help lead where the song goes. And I wonder if it's just always like that, that you need people to push and pull and whether it's in a band or whether it's your mm. producer behind the desk or whether it's, you know, your partner that you play the song to or the person on the street as you're busking. I just think it's kind of all bouncing off each other. Yeah, I think there's definitely like a perception of musicians, especially like solo musicians as these auteurs who that's just right. sort of do it all and, you know, that kind of stuff. But it is, you're right, it's such a collaborative effort. That's so great, yeah. I think it is. And, but then again, I wonder whether maybe I'm just weak and soft <laughs> and not good at my job. This is a question I ask myself because I right. wonder, I don't think it's true, I think I'm being a bit harsh but mm. on myself, but I think that, you know, you wonder, does Stephen Sondheim, you know, for example, right. if you're a theatre fan or mm. does... You know, like, does he put a song in front of Audra McDonald and she go, well, you know what? And I, I almost <laughs> tried to do an impression of her then. And I'm really glad I pulled myself up for so many reasons. Mm, mm. Uh, or like, you know, like take, I said Billy Joel, but, you know, take Billy Joel. Do you, you know, I know that with Just The Way You Are, which is, I think, one of the greatest pop songs ever written and the reason that I started playing piano and writing songs. Wow, yeah. And he kind of, you know, he took it in and the drummer ended up playing that feel, that whatever, it's that samba kind of thing. And yeah. then the producer, Phil Ramone, said, no, no, turn it on its head I can't remember the story but ended up playing this slap kind of you listen to the track and if he just played a 
like this kind of hi hat heavy thing, it would be a totally kind of naff song. But with this sure. fat, he's slapping away, and yeah, then, you know, yeah. Jagat just falls <laughs> in this groove, and it's just the most beautiful thing. And that's the other thing that I'm just a fiend for now. Just when all the pieces come together, and it just sits, and it's this perfect. Mm. Connection of all these different things, I just get a mega buzz from that. Yeah, it just feels super cool. Ah, oh, that's right. awesome. And like, as yeah, I don't know. It, it feels it feels great because you can share in the victory as well. It's not just like you know, I've done this, I've done this, and then like you're the only one who gets to like feel the praise. It feels like everyone is collaborating and everyone gets to kind of share in that moment. Um, yeah, it's so true. I I hadn't thought of that actually. That <laughs> it's better because you get to share it with someone. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's just my thought, you know. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I guess I'm pretty smart. I yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not a musician or anything, but I'm pretty smart. You know, you're the friend of one and that's <laughs> exactly. really, you know, you're a better person for it. That's you right. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a small dumb question that I don't think I'll have the opportunity to ask again. So okay. I'm going to ask it. Okay. You know, in like sheet music, when you have like a melody. Yeah. Um, like for Broadway stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes there'll be like a really intricate, very, like a like a very unique trill that like a certain performer does. Do you write out the trill in the sheet music? Or so you do mean you like a riff? Like you mean like, so yeah. let's, for example, the end of Wicked where she goes. Aah! I was just thinking of that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's hard to know. I've got one, which is in Let's Not Have This Fight, which is in Becoming Bill, which opens this August in Brisbane, if you're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Catherine McIntyre, she was a part of the show for a very, very long time. She was a part of the very first development. I heard her voice and fell in love with it, and she did it for a long time. And she did the recording, and she sung a riff at the end of that in the recording that she made up that I didn't, I didn't write. And then when we auditioned the project uh, this year, people came in and sung her riff. And it was really interesting because... Like, you know, it's kind of like I didn't write it, but mm. she's kind of, you know, people are singing a piece of kind of what she did. There's some things that I've written really particularly, like some bits are I've sung and then the actor tries to replicate that. Me being a singer, obviously I share demos sometimes or mm. and sheet music, but I think it's kind of a chicken and an egg situation where we never really know. Because who knows, Adina Menzel could have, only the people that were in the room would know, she could have just gone... I had this idea or the director could have said, you know what we need? We need her to be there and we need to her to be triumphant at the end as she gets pulled up or whatever. I can't remember what happens in the wicked, but, and she's there with the broom and then we need her to be like, I'm going forward into the thing, sing a note. And just like, "Ah!" (laughs) Oh, you know what? It'd be good, honey. What if I do this? You know, (laughs) And that could just be the classic, Mm. you know, Adina Menzel, like who knows? Let's Mm. go dig through podcasts and find out what (laughs) she said. Uh, it's both. It's both. To answer your question yeah. in a really short, specific way, both. Hmm. Yeah. And I think and not yeah. a dumb question. Sorry to cut no, you off. Not yeah. a dumb question. It's interesting. Hmm. I've always wanted that. Yeah. And I think it comes back to what we were saying before about collaboration and not just like, you know, that it's not, yeah, you're right. It's, it's often both. It could be anyone coming in and saying, I have an idea yep. and having that idea be heard and having that idea be like, as respected as, you know, someone who is the writer saying, no, actually, you can't do this because I'm the writer and I say it's this. It's like, no, having that open communication. 100%. Yeah. I, look, there's a fine line too because it's mm. like if I came in and I said, you should do this with your show, mm. you'd be like, well, hold on, dude. Like, <laughs> come on, like, fair go. But then if there was kind of a right time for it and it's like a shared, <clears throat> excuse me, idea, then it's, I think the best idea will float to the surface. Yeah. I just think that's if, I think we're all better for that philosophy. So, yeah, mm. I totally agree. You you've mentioned a couple times. 
I, I was like, we'll wait till, because we're going to listen to a song from your new musical at the end. Yeah. And I didn't want to talk it out too much at the start. No, nah, it's cool. Uh, yeah. Please, let's just talk about it like crazy. <laughs> we've, we've clicked over the halfway point. It's going to take me 10 years point. to run. I'm happy to be talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's because I have uh, a thing you started in 2010, right? Or even probably before that. No, two, ten, 2010 was when I started. So I was asked to write the show, yeah. So that mm. was when I started. I wrote these songs at the piano, just kind of thinking about my life and thinking about different things. And then I put them in an order and then I put a loose story around them and um, and then put it in front of people and they were really moved and they stood up at the end and they applauded and I went and I still remember going back and thinking after, after going to that like the little dressing room, it was at Judith Wright Centre and there's this little uh, door where you go into it. I remember going and going, that is the coolest experience I've ever had in my life. Wow. Because I like, I made up the, I played piano, I made up piano parts, I acted in it. It was completely mad. <laughs> uh, but it just felt right and there was a bit of magic in the room and uh, and and then it's taken me nine years to finish it because whatever was right about it, the heart in the story was really there, really present, but I didn't know how to tell a story. I knew how to communicate feeling. I knew how to write a song that made people go, oh, well, I want to know more about that. Yeah. But I didn't know how to put a row of those in order and, and take a character on a, on, a, on a journey that, you know, is really interesting. Yeah. So it's been... And what was that process like from going to, uh, you know, I don't know how to tell a story to now having to tell this massive story? You know, what was that nine years like? It was a lot of arrogant times thinking I knew. Oh, good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like first draft doing it, putting it in front of people and going, so. Pretty good, huh? I nailed it, right? <laughs> and them going, well, <laughs> it's kind of okay. Mm. Uh, oh, look, I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? I think n- it's kind of, <clears throat> I think it's, it gets to a point, it's like your 10,000 hours. Mm. You know, it's that, I really think it's that. I think yep. it's, you know, I've read every play I can find. I've watched everything from bootlegs to Broadway HD. I've taken two trips to New York. I've been to West End. I spent far too much money on seeing two Harry Potters in a row. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> but like, because I just, every time I just, you know, I live and breathe it and yeah, I want to know as much as I could. Yeah. And I've analyzed. As, you know, I think when you read something and you try and it's imperative, I think, if you want to get better at something and you know that you don't have the right recipe to do the thing, mm. whatever that is, whether it's writing a song, whether it's writing a book, whether it's writing a play, whether it's writing anything, you obviously have to go to the the chapel where all the best ones are and you've got to, you know, learn what they've done so then you can try and implement that, you know. Mm. We've all played Satisfaction for a reason. Because it's just a great song, you yeah, know. And if yeah. you pick that apart, you go, "Well, they got a lick. They got these cool chords. They've got a great story or a great hook and a great, you know." And then just the band's vibe. And there's all these key things that you need for a song to work, mm. you know. And in a story, you then need to learn about why the character's doing this, and then what that effect has on that, and then all these things that each one takes you to another understanding. And it's like you're building this pyramid, I think, where you kind of you sort of start at the top and it's only when you get to the bottom kind of that it can all stand up and kind of make sense and you've got all these little things you're moving around and mm. uh, even redrafting now, it's just nuts, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, and I only feel like now that I'm really starting to get it, really, as we move towards production and we're redrafting and we're doing stuff, do I kind of feel like I kind of get it? And sure. and look, hopefully it's a huge success and people really enjoy it and this all sounds really smart. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> awful and I sound like a complete twat. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Yeah. He says, pausing to wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Nine years can't be wrong because you must have done something, right? Yeah, I you just know? think it's it is a big thing. Yeah, um, and I think it takes a lot of work, and I think a lot of people have done it really well, and we stand on their shoulders in a lot of way, and they mm. teach us kind of what we need to get better at. I think is the easiest way of putting it. Yeah, how would you say that the show itself has changed over the time? Because you mentioned before it was just you and a piano, and it looks like there's cast members now. Yeah, it? well, there was four people in the original thing, and mm. what's really fascinating is the original show. Because it was very intimate, so it was like a cabaret, but it wasn't a cabaret because it had a story mm. uh, in that it's, you know, this guy, Bill, is telling this story about his long-term girlfriend that they can't work it out. The brother won't get off the couch. He's been on there for three months. He just sort of drinks and just does nothing and plays on his phone. The mum just drinks wine and just sort of wants everyone to just be better, just, you know, just be happy. Mm. And then he's just stuck in between them all. And so everyone had a song and, and, and the, the funny thing was is, well, I can't say that because then it gives it away. But Spoilers. Well, no. what I've, what I've realised at the time, it was about me being sort of that, that age in my sort of what early 20s or whatever it was. Mm. And I was writing a lot about, I couldn't get into uni. Why wasn't I getting into WAPA? You know, why, <laughs> was, why can't I make sense of life? Yeah. And now it's about a guy writing a show about these people and it questions that we all have a story, but when is it true and when is it not? Like ah, we see right. people a certain way, we write them in a certain light, but how yeah. much is that kind of, you know, I wrote a song for what I thought my mum would say, but how do uh, I know? Right, yeah. You know, it's kind of, an, and the show is all about, you know, Bill, this guy is trying to tell a story and by telling a story, he opens up this doorway to be more honest. And in the end, stories are how we tell our most sincere truth mm. as human beings. And so that's kind of what the show is about. But it's been a journey of nine years to get right to what I just said then. Right. It seems so simple, but it took me so long to get to a point where I understood it and yeah. I had to come at it from so many different ways. But I've also been on the journey of an emerging writer and I've been telling people for ages, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm emerging until I've got a show up and then another show. Mm. I think once I've had two shows and they're both good and people see them and go i like that like people that like musicals go that made sense i understood it that was a good show then i'll go cool i know what i'm doing until then it's all just guesswork really <laughs> you know and um, necessary guesswork and you know because we're learning we're exactly. all learning yeah. like, we've got to acknowledge it and but mm. the thing with musicals it's like if you do the record with your band you go into a rehearsal room you've done that and it's like I've learnt, you've learnt something from that process. But a musical, what can you not learn without putting it on stage? Right. And then seeing what it's like when people are there mm. and seeing what you don't know. And it's, uh, you know, look, I shouldn't be, this is not, look, people that listen to your show are people that care about art and care about writing. Yeah. So this is probably interesting, but it's obviously not mum and dad that goes, I've got $100, I'm only going to spend it on something that's really good. And the show's <laughs> going to be really good, don't get me wrong. Mm. And it's only 50 bucks, so. But... Uh, yeah, we're all on that journey. You're right yeah. to kind of work out what we don't know. And I think it's only if you keep going do you get to the other end, you know. Yeah. Usain Bolt, why is he so good? Why was he so good? Why was Ricky Ponting such a great cricketer? Why, you know, it's no one. It's this true thing about you only get good by just 
doing it and getting better and working out what you don't know. Why do NBA players, I love basketball, yeah. every year in the off-season, they go away and they learn on stuff that they don't know. So when they come back, they have a new trick, a new plan of attack, a new move mm. that can beat the person. That's just how you keep getting better. So yeah. there's this fallacy, I think, as artists. We start out, we go, well, this song's just going to come to me. And right. It's going to be great and it's going to be here <laughs> and everyone's going to go, this guy's the new Paul Kelly. You know, it's kind of like with no sort of thought of how long he sits around and crafts a song and holds on to it, yeah. and, you know, and all that sort of stuff that we all know. But um, I guess it's good to to remind ourselves that yeah, it's all part of the fun. That's right, yeah. Because yeah. often you don't see that kind of the transparency or the, the sort of the years behind the Paul Kelly and the, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So you, you would just imagine that like they just started, they were always that good, obviously, <laughs> you know, right. like born that great. But yeah, no, it's great to to see that that, that work has been put in to, to what we have coming out in, in August, Becoming Bill. It's pretty, ex- yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear what people think. <laughs> and um, I'm, Look, I'm sure it's going to be uh, really great, but it's, yeah, I have nothing more to add to that. That's a very lovely yeah, thing I'm, to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just shut up. <laughs> um, well, uh, we usually ask, um, well, Alex usually asks it, but I want to kind of ask it now. No, do it, man. All right. What advice would you give to... Hey, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what advice would you give to people who are just starting out and may, or maybe want to start out doing music, doing musicals, doing any sort of uh, creative work? What, what, what advice do you have to give? Um, it's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Um, I've listened to a couple of your shows and I remember some advice different people have given and I'm trying to not copy just things that they've said. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough. Isn't the right word. I think it is tough, but I think, I think there's a real joy in, I think if you love it, it'll always be enough. It'll just feel like it's not at times. Like to me, I can't envision doing anything else, even though sometimes I wish that maybe it was different for whatever that might be. I wish I'd have a million, a, a budget of a million dollars to put on these things. Or I wish that, you know, Stephen sometimes was my uncle and I could call him up and, but even yeah. then there's no guarantees that then anything's going to happen. And I think this is the, the, I think this is my point that it's just the unknown, I guess, just try and be a little bit more comfortable with it because that's what we deal with, whether we're trying to come up with a song, whether we're trying to write a melody, whether we're trying to get a gig, whether we're trying to book an agent, whether we're trying to go to a new city to to expand our audience, whether we're, it's all just, we have no idea. So I think just know that everyone has that everyone and 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 i think the other thing is someone said really uh, so that's one thing another thing is it's about building up who you work with and your you don't don't do it alone i wish that i realized that earlier Mm. that the more people you let into your circle and of course they're going to be the right people but Mm. you can't do everything no one can and if you have you know passionate people that are going to uh, not fight for you, but kind of help help you get along your way. Yeah. Then that's going to. It's easy just to sit in your room and, and write songs, and then go to your gig and do that, and that's just that. Uh, I've sort of lost my point a little bit as I was kind of 
having a feeling about what I was saying, but <laughs> I, I think you've, it sounds, I guess what I heard myself say is it's harder mm. to do that than it sounds, but you've just got to take risks and you've got to totally. write to people. Don't be afraid to say, you know, here's my song or here's mm. my, uh, you know, I'm, I want to write musicals. People reach out to, you know, other composers and, and look for mentorship, you know, write to, if you're an actor, Queensland Theatre and find out when the next auditions are, like be active, mm. you know, don't be afraid to get a no. I think that's what I was sure. trying to say and mm. that will expand kind of your reach. And yeah. and um, and if you don't mind me piggybacking on that point yeah, that you had earlier Please about save me. Please, <laughs> please. I was floundering. <laughs> about uh, expanding the people in your network or the people that you interact with. You know, imagine if you didn't have that person who was like, hey, you should write a musical. Exactly. You know, like having those people who will challenge you and will like push you in different directions and things, you know, make you do things you never thought you'd ever do. Um, it's, yeah, it seems like it was so important for your process and for your journey. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, let's all have a hug. Yeah. A big old group <laughs> hug. Podcast hug. <laughs> Podcast hug for your ears. Mm. <laughs> so this bit will pan to left and right. And we'll just <laughs> yeah. We'll just <laughs> hug, <laughs> hug. <laughs> By, <laughs> by you neuro. say H, I'll, I'll say U, you say G. Oh, this is good. Right. Yep. One, two, three. Hey, hey G. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I've ruined it. <laughs> That's just good podcasting, folks. I don't know if it is, is it? <laughs> Speaking of podcasting. Hey. Um, you have two podcasts, right? Well, one's not out yet. Oh, <laughs> never mind. You, you have, have one's, one's not out. So, making musicals is on this very channel. Yeah, uh, of network, I should say. That's yep. not canon. Um, and it's a show that we've been working on for about a year, and we're so excited to get it out eventually. But it's just taking so much time because it's uh, it's a really big. Yeah, yeah, it's about making musicals, and it's. I went to New York, and over ten days, I did lots of interviews and all sorts of things. But we're putting you know, real interview footage with me going about the streets and kind of monologuing about different things. And it's a huge, it's kind of like true crime meets uh, memoir meets arts education. Mm. So if you imagine that, and then cool. across 24 episodes that we're making, so it's it's a huge undertaking. So it's worth the wait so you can follow us and kind of watch the preview or listen to the preview and, yeah. and, and be the first to kind of hear what's when it comes out, when it drops, and you can be the first to tell your friends about it. That's pretty cool, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a, I was so close to being a good seller, and then I just worked too hard at the end there, didn't I? Oh, that was good. <laughs> you a, yeah, second-hand car salesman there for a yeah, little bit. That's right. Just yeah, like, yeah. 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 It will never break down. Yeah. Are you allowed to talk about the second one yet? Or is that a secret at the moment? I think it's probably more, it's just, I feel like I'm muddying everything. It's just another one that we're working on, which is mm. is not, even close to coming out yet, fair, I think. Fair. Yeah, sure. so we'll, we'll look, just follow musicals and follow Becoming Bill, check that out and uh, and then watch out for the next one. Yeah. If people want to come and see Becoming Bill, are there any sort of places they can go to like get, are, there, are tickets out? Can people yeah, buy yeah. tickets? Yeah, so you can go, so becomingbillmusical.com, uh, but you can follow the, the musical on Instagram and Facebook, which is just Becoming Bill Musical. You can follow Old Fashioned Production Company, which is Old FPC. Uh, which is, you know, a place that makes musicals and it's a home for new musicals in Australia, new original stuff. Mm. And uh, and then, oh, there's the Brisbane Powers website, which is where it's playing in August. And, I mean, we've got, you know, Rachel Beck, who's a, a big, you know, star of the stage and screen, and Neil Gooding's directing. Mm. We've got some incredible Brisbane-based artists like myself, like Stephanie Long, Oliver Sampson. It's, uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting thing that's come out of Brisbane. So we're super excited that it's started here. It's having its world premiere here. Mm. And uh, it'd be great to kind of get everyone along to, to sort of help 
build some excitement about it and to build something that's come out of Brisbane. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I, I'm biased. I'm the writer. <laughs> <laughs> and what were the dates for that one? August 14th we open and we close August 25th. So only a two-week season, strictly limited, before we uh, we go to Off-Broadway. Sure. It's good cool. to see uh, people fostering the art of Brisbane. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's not a dirty word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Words. Words. <laughs> sentence. Yeah. It's not yeah. a dirty sentence. <laughs> um... I feel like I had a thing to say. Oh, um, so this next song that we're going to listen to mm. is from the musical. This is, yeah. So this is me playing the guitar uh, and singing the song. It's called No Feelings Today. The song doesn't exist like this now in the current musical, mm. but I thought it'd be interesting to kind of hear from Dig that vocal delivery to this vocal delivery to hear kind of, you can hear the rem- the remnants of kind of that writing style in that early song and you'll sort of hear where it's gone to and kind of more of the, the story that I try and, try and paint and even this isn't kind of where where it is today but it's kind of a cool little baby photo i guess where where does it appear in the context of the show well it that's a really cool question so he's uh things are just going to crap and uh he's his mum's just kind of so bill he's writing the musical he's trying to base it on 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 his life and he can't because he has no idea about how he feels about anything and his mum's trying to get him to sort of be happy and his girlfriend's trying to get him to to just open up and just let her in and then the brother says forget all that let's just sit here and play xbox and drink some beers and so it's the song's called no feelings today i've just ruined the punchline (laughs) uh and it's now a duet in the musical now but this is a version that i played on the record that we did in which is on spotify and itunes and peter cousins and natalie o'donnell if those people if you're into theater mean anything to you but so they're all on the record and um and it's just me singing and and playing this delicate nice little folky version of it which is (laughs) which i hope everyone enjoys fantastic well we'll Oh, excuse me. Uh, we'll cap off with that. But before that, thank you so much, Brad, for coming on. My really absolute pleasure. It. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was a lo- lovely Did show, I think. I think, yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah. It felt good. It, it felt, felt like good. a good big hug. <laughs> it felt, it did. Should we do it again? The H-U-G, the whole No, no I think uh, you're getting a no from, uh, <laughs> from saying your producer. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you've already said the things that you would want to plug, but is there anything else that you might want to plug? Uh just listen to my song Saka, hey, episode yeah. 13. I think it's going to be a cracker. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we can't guarantee anything, but <laughs> awesome. Um, James, do you have anything you want to plug? No, I think. I think uh, hang oh, on. Hang on. Yeah. Is, he, is Alex just trying to get a plug in and he's waiting for one I of mean, us to ask him? Is this what's happening? Maybe a little bit. I mean, it's, it's polite to ask <laughs> him. It's, it's everyone for we're a just, plug. We're all just being polite here. It's fine. James, um, I cut you off. Sorry. I perhaps. I don't want to, yeah, I'm pretty sure Short and Sweet is coming up later this month. I don't know the specific dates and stuff like that, so it's a it's a bad plug. I'm not doing very good with this plug, <laughs> but there should be short, short and Sweet on the Gold Coast. Uh, one of the strands has a show that I wrote in it, uh, performed by the sketch comedy group The Good Time Boys, of which I'm a part, um, and we will be doing that there. Uh, I don't have concrete details, so this is just, look it up, Short and Sweet. I mean, it's a good festival regardless. Watch Go out see for it. Short and Sweet. Um, yeah. And Alex, do you have anything to well, plug? Yeah, well, thank you. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm also a musician. I'm your man, Alex Smith. That's my stage main name. I'm not just a fuck. Um, <laughs> we got so close. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah, close. There weren't very many swears in this episode. No, no, uh, I kept us honest, didn't clean. I? So sorry, everyone. <laughs> Um, Squeaky clean. My grandma image kept you <laughs> down on my level. <laughs> but I'm on uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, and iTunes. And I think 
like three weeks. August 9th, my next single's coming out. Great. Woo! So keep an eye out for that. Woo! Can't wait. Damn. You. Till then, uh, let's have a listen to No Feelings Today. We can talk, we can sing, we can plea, we can bring Whatever you want, however you want We can dance, we can pray, we can burp, we can fart Do whatever you want, however you want But please, no feelings today We can drink, we can stray, we can piss the night away. Do whatever you want, however you want. We can stumble around, we can fall on the ground. Do whatever you want, however you want. get bored thinking about them or ever get bored at all don't you ever get bored thinking about it I just want to watch a movie and hear you are feeling moody I'm sorry But please No feelings Or real things Or moody things Or melodies Or change No living or breathing No dying, no heaving, no talk of it No feelings, no feelings Today deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.